Hello and welcome to Colin and Company. This is episode four, and this week I've got my friend David. Hi. Hey, what's going on, man? Oh, you know, just about, uh, you know, I had dinner. Oh, what'd you have for dinner? Then, um, I had some mushrooms Ooh. and seitan and broccoli with nutritional yeast. Lots of, uh, lots of fake butter. It sounded like you said Satan. Satan. S-E-I. T-A-N. Ah, that's that's different yeah. than uh, the devil. Yes. Hopefully. But it was on fire. Hey, coming in with the puns. Yep. So, there are probably a couple of people who are listening who don't know who you are. If you want to give yourself a nice little like introduction of who you are and what you do. and Quite. Yeah. I'm David. I work with Colin. I'm a web developer like Colin. I live in St. Louis, like Colin, and I pretty much watch too much TV, play lots of Zelda, and make weird things because I got an art degree, so I invested a lot of time when I was younger in uh, learning how to make stuff that no one cares about except me, and then uh, entered the job market. That's pretty much my story. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like an interesting transition. Now, you said you were yeah. <laughs> um, when you started like wanting to do things and make things when you were young. What are some of those things you remember, like what you've made when you were younger? Yeah. So the first thing is that my dad, my dad is a retired postal worker. Oh wow! And yeah, we're my parents are both from super rural town in illinois and my dad like got us the heck out like the year i was born into uh suburbs of st louis and although it's not really suburbs of st louis it's like super far west in uh st peter's and well st peter's is still the suburbs of st louis yeah it is yeah yeah exactly anyway i say all that to say he like in his free time just painted all the time. So I was just around like a guy making pictures constantly. So drawing came natural to me, even though it's not really just because I like have seen how the sausage was made. Yeah. So I didn't really think anything about it. It's like you were introduced. That sounds really corny, but it's like dad doing art kind of yeah. like kind of had an influence on you. Oh yeah. There's definitely Huge. Like, I'm not saying my dad influenced me to become, like, a business person, but, like, things, of course like, not. hobbies and stuff. Like, you know, I play golf from time to time, and it's, like, my dad did that yep. when he was growing up and, like, as an adult. And now it's, like, mm -hmm. I play golf from time to time. So I was, like, that's cool that, like, your dad was, like, painted and drew and what are painted. Yeah. I want to make sure I had yep. that right. And now you mm -hmm. do the art. Yeah, I would just draw all the time. And the only weird thing, I didn't, like, paint because... It just like it would take too long and it like took up way too much room in the basement and stuff so i generally even when i was a kid was like if i if i drew something it was always like really small and with really cheap materials and then i could like stash it away somewhere and like like everything that i drew when i was a kid is in like one box and i wow. drew a lot is yeah. that why you draw on those little notebooks now is that just like a a, a, mm -hmm. a practice that carried over from when you were just messing around as a kid 
to now. Yeah. Wow. The only difference is like, I said I drew a lot. I actually didn't draw that. I didn't draw tons, but I probably drew as much as the next kid. But the only difference is it just like didn't stop. Like most people draw and, you know, make lots of stuff when they're little kids and then they stop by the time they're in grade, like halfway through grade school or whatever. And the only difference with me is I just didn't because I don't really know anything else. So I just happened to accumulate more than I think most people do. And then in college, like that's when, so I didn't really go to school and then we were supposed to be homeschooled, but then my mom started working. She was like, well, you kind of got it figured out. My brother and sister, like both were older than me and went off to school and stuff. And I just like, didn't do much of anything. So I'd like sit around and read and watch movies. And then I went to a community college and just like took a drawing class like to see what school was like because I hadn't been in school since like first grade. And that's where I learned to like actually kind of draw academically. And they go like, here are like the principles of how to make a good drawing and stuff. And I was kind of already familiar with some of it because every once in a while dad would be like, hey, this is what making a composition is. Here's what a contour line is. So like I kind of already knew some of the stuff. And then I drew like really big at that point and like really, really learned how to draw. And then by the time I was out of school again, it's like I just returned to making tiny things. So you said your dad kind of taught you some stuff. Yeah. Did he have any, I wouldn't say like formal teaching, but like how did he learn? Did you just kind of just like yeah. read something or he just like, I'm just going to wing it and maybe some friends told him or like, how did he like? Yeah, he would like paint in the basement. He had he had some books and then i think he took like he actually took a couple of like junior college classes when he was like 20 something and then dropped out of school so he did have some like formal training from it seemed like from what he's told me like some pretty cool dudes nice yeah and in like high school and stuff he had like a painting teacher he really liked and now from what i know and it's not a lot with like an arts program at a at a university mm-hmm. or college or whatever, they make make you do different medium media. What is yeah. the correct word? Is it medium? So weird. It's it's media. Yes. Media. So medium is one. Media is more than one. Okay, gotcha. So, like, because I, I had a couple of friends in college, I did the visual arts routes, and I remember mm-hmm. they had to do different media like they had to do drawing they had to do painting they had a mm-hmm. they didn't have to but like options another a couple options were like doing ceramics and clay right. and and whatnot what were some of the media that you worked with well i tried to avoid doing as many things as possible so that i could just draw all the time because i didn't want to spend any time on stuff that i wasn't good at <laughs> so for the most part i just drew and drew and drew and then but i did eventually took three or four painting courses but then when i took those i would very carefully choose the people if i could at all control it i would choose the people who like didn't tell you what to do and just let you like goof around in class so that like i could ask them questions if i wanted but if i wanted them just leave me alone then i would just do whatever i wanted nice yeah so i did paint some and i like learned a few tricks of the trade there and then i had 
some sculpture classes that went fantastically bad. Oh no. Oh yeah, it was horrible. And and then I took like three design classes. It's hard to describe even what design is in in college. It's so it's really subjective. Like all three of the, all three of the design classes that I had were like wildly different. They weren't like building sequentially on the other ones. Although, you know what? That's that's kind of not true. I don't remember exactly what the second one was, but the first one is like okay, you've learned how to use different media, but now like we're focusing on kind of how to compose two-dimensional compositions and then by the third uh, design course, I don't know how many colleges work like this, but by the third design course, it was like, okay, now you're going to take those principles and do them in 3D. Like you make weird paper mache crap. And I mean, it is possible for yeah. other colleges to do that. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure how our visual, the visual arts program worked at my college. Mm -hmm. And like, to be fair, I mean, from what I learned, it's like our school, it's like that department was not that big at our school. Yeah, it wasn't really big at where I went either. I just went to UMSL. Oh, okay. It was just kind of a place to hide out. Gotcha. Like, I went to U of I Springfield. Right. And, yes. like, I'm pretty sure, like, our department, like, it was like they had, like, the building that had the art stuff was art, music, theater building all combined into one. It was that small. Mm -hmm. But, like, they had multiple classrooms and, like, different, like, programs, which is, like, there wasn't, I'm not sure if there was an actual music program. I think there might have been. I don't know. But it's like, it was not as big of a program as like, say, like a business one or like, you know, computer science yeah. or something. But I mean, I think they're working on it. Regardless. Yeah. That's um, usually how it goes. Yeah. You said like painting. Like, was mm -hmm. it mostly like acrylic or like watercolor or just anything? At like, because I know there's different variant, like right. different types of paint. I think I had one class where I did some oil painting. Oh my god! No, no, I, I had two classes where I did some some oil painting, but both times it was like you would do a few oil paintings. Like I actually have done like three or four oil paintings. Then after that, I just did acrylic because you can kind of control acrylic more and it dries faster. Yeah. So. I mean, it still takes a hot minute to dry. It does, but you can also kind of well. That's so. That's when watercolor comes into play. So I did take quite a few. I think I took like one watercolor class. It was with this super cool Japanese guy, and we just like got along real well. And I kind of treat acrylic the way I treat watercolors, and I think. Spending that time on watercolors like helped my acrylic painting a lot because it kind of shows you what you can do by throwing stuff down and then like letting it go and just seeing what happens. But then like after you let it dry for a second, then kind of reining it back in. Because mm -hmm. uh, yeah, acrylic has this cool, it's just plastic basically. It's just like broken up plastic with a bunch of gel. You like, you, you throw it down and then it's active. So you can do whatever you want with it. You can like water it down. Mm -hmm. You can do all sorts of stuff. And then, but when it dries, it dries. But as long as it's active, it's super active. But at the same time, it dries faster than oil and water. You can do a lot with it really fast. It sounds pretty like, it sounds weird to say powerful, but it definitely sounds like it's very 
like potential to like be used like it sounds yeah. like a lot better than like an oil based paint or yeah i would say better than watercolor but like because there's definitely like uses for all types yeah. of paint you can do like some really expressive stuff with it and then like you just like throw it down and then it i don't know yeah it's really cool for some reason i just like that was my thing mm-hmm. uh but i just it takes too much space that's fair that's completely fair yeah. i took a class recently ish at i'm trying to remember i think it was either the community college down in arnold is that jefferson college somewhere mm-hmm. down there somewhere down somewhere down Sounds in arnold right. in jefferson county um yeah. Or it was either um, St. Louis Community College. I can't remember which one, but it was mm-hmm. it was like a one day class, or yeah, it was one day class. It was a person who learned how to do the Bob Ross painting method. Where it's, nice. where it is, I believe it is acrylic. It sounds. I I don't know. I never really. It's like acrylic, really... but you put like this like liquid paint that's like mixture of paint and like paint thinner, so it's like a wet on wet okay. technique. Yeah. And first off, that shit is tough. Like, yeah. I take anyone who does like any type of art, like I just I give them mad props cuz it's like I'm not that artistic. Yeah, so do I. David. <laughs> you're pretty decent, man. Yeah. I don't know. I'm decent at I'm decent at what I do. But I, that's how anything is. Like if 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 everyone was an artist, I wouldn't be a good artist. I I guess that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if, I, I get what you mean. If you take enough classes, if it's not even about classes. It's like if you watch it, if you are in enough groups with enough people making enough things, you start seeing patterns. And like the first one is that everyone has the ability to do like whatever the greatest person does. Mm-hmm. They just have other things to do. So like if if you're not like if you're, quote unquote not a great artist it's just because like well you just you have other things to do so you don't put in the time yeah it's no, just that's, like that's completely fair it's like if i had yeah. more time if like and that's what everyone says if i had more time today i'd do this but it's, it rings completely true as as cliche yeah. as that phrase is it's like if i had more time i'd go like do take some more classes right everyone has the ability to like express themselves and stuff and and then like you combine that with a few little rules like you know put this here don't put that there the highest point of contrast is always where your eye goes if you combine it with like 10 rules and then just like adhere to them like you can be as good as anybody if you just like practice and then so that's one thing and then the other maybe like the other big big takeaway is that everyone has a distinct voice so i like there are things that the shittiest artist that i've ever seen might be able to do just naturally way better than me because they're just a different type of person like i like in design classes i typically was not great in design classes like i got b's a couple of times i think even though in the other classes i was like kicking everybody's ass like the same person would be in the next class and i'd be getting like a a a a a a a a with that teacher crushing it yeah and then but in design like they would crush it because they just think differently than i do they're like oh yeah well i know how to make this thing stand up and i'm like i i can't make that thing stand up to save my life i don't know what's going on gotcha and then that's well said like everyone has their strengths and weaknesses 
yeah and whatnot mine is is like there are people who uh well this is probably another podcast but you can basically break people down i've watched enough people draw that i think you can break people down into basically three groups and the first one is like perfectionists the second one is like the architects maybe you might want to call them architects people who like plan everything and like put like construct everything perfectly and then um and like and like engineer every move and like their compositions are always perfectly planned and stuff and they're like really complex which is different from being a perfectionist because a perfectionist is they do like little nitpicky things yeah uh they just like chip away at stuff until it's perfect and then they're like the architects who like build stuff and then they're like kind of the spontaneous crazy people and i'm kind of the spontaneous crazy person that's also just like my personality and no one is better than the other every category that you've mentioned has its benefits and weaknesses i'm not calling Mm -hmm. out like one or the other i'm just saying like they are all like equally powerful for the most from what i can tell and that's just basic like processing but, and they all have their, like, level of, like, not a strength or weakness. I hate saying weakness, because, mm-hmm. I mean, but, I mean, that is true. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy shit. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is that, like, those three archetypes, you basically have to, I kind of came up, I kind of realized that because those are kind of the stages of drawing that one goes through if you do, if you, if you like put something together, you basically have to have an image in your head or an, an idea of what you want to do. Right. And you've got to try to get it down on a page. That's like the, and that's one stage. And then the second stage is where you got to go like, okay, I have an idea, but I've got to like really fortify this thing and really make it into something and build all this stuff around it. But even if you do that perfectly, it's not finished. Like you've got to add some sort of style to it and just keep working on it until it's got some life to it and that's kind of the third archetype so it's really just like which one which one of those things do you emphasize the most yeah and you can say that with any process any like building a house doing art hell even coding building software software exactly yeah and how did you go from artist art degree to (sighs) software I'm making it sound like a bigger leap than it actually is. It's really not that big of a leap, but it's definitely like you're shifting. You just shifted a couple gears on the bike here. Yeah. And uh, maybe even shift that like middle, like that gear on the on the crankshaft there, just shift, shifting it to another level, per se. Yeah. So how did you get into like how did you get into doing like web design? So the first thing is like I don't. I only like things that are really challenging i'm kind of not interested when things aren't challenging and then so once you know how to make an image it used to be yeah i drew as a kid or whatever but but there was a point i didn't know how to like put together a painting or or anything like that or like put together a body of work that goes like i'm an artist and like i do good work and stuff well like once you know how to do that it kind of becomes not that interesting because you just like what you just I don't know so I kind of 
I started just trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. But after I was like 22 and I knew how to, I knew how to do that thing. And I was trying to figure out how to collaborate with people because the only way I knew how to work really was to just like go off by myself with a bunch of material and make something. But I always like the other thing I really liked doing as a kid was making little home movies on like an eight millimeter camera. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Oh yeah. That was actually, yeah, that was like my, that was my joint. I love that. So but it was just always so hard trying to coordinate people to work together. They just kind of gave up on it. I know how you feel as a person who wants yeah. to make content now on like a digital yeah. platform. It's like, I want to work with people, but how do I get the like scheduling so and like whatever down? Yep. So the only thing I could think was like, well, what if you figured out how to, um, I don't know. It's such a jumbled. It was it was a huge challenge for me. I was like, I want to work on like teams of people, but I don't know how to do it. So I like got into reading weird like business, not weird business books, just like businessy books, and like going like how books or yeah, no, exactly, actually. And and one of the first things they found was like books about uh, managing software developers. The big one was Peopleware. Which I still th- have. I ever talked to you about that book? I don't think you have. Okay, at least one of my copies is sitting on our boss's desk. So you sh- should go borrow it. What book is it called? It's called Peopleware by Tom DeMarco and Timothy Lister. Okay, I might have to read that sometime. I'll add that to my yeah, or just like flip through it. Even it's like you know, yeah, it was just like about um, it's just by these consultants who were like talking about what software developers are like. And it, the book is basically them in like the uh, late 70s or I think it was like mid 80s. They revised it like a few times. They're basically explaining to managers in this book how like kids from MIT who joined the workforce think they're like, these are different kind of workers and they're doing different kind of work than you've probably ever seen done before. They explain like, you know, they're not software development is not it's not a factory it's a it's a it's a creative enterprise because they're making something like you're asking them to do something that hasn't been done before almost all the time and in order to do that you got to kind of condition you got to kind of give them the conditions that they had while they were in school mm-hmm. and just like let them knock it out so like there are all these things in it about like how to arrange workspaces like hey if you've got a bunch of software developers and you need this thing give them a room give them all the stuff, give them a bunch of chairs and tables, and then let them arrange the chairs and tables themselves, like hands off, which doesn't sound weird today. But at the time, that sounds kind of funky. Um, yeah, it's I, definitely I, a time when the corporate environment was a little bit stiffer. That sounds yeah, I can't think definitely. of a better word than that. Yeah, less progressive um, corporate culture. Yep. Yeah, that's totally totally true so as i was reading that book specifically i was like you could maybe work for a company and like it's not just this awful oppressive environment and you could work with other people and it could be fun and the book was about software development so i just kind of kept thinking about it i didn't understand how to make websites i just had like dreamweaver and stuff that i'd mess around with and it was awful 
It's a good start, though, honestly. I, I had a friend yeah. or two, they used that as their initial, like, thing. They had a copy of Dreamweaver and just kind of helped them, like, right. figure out, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't figure... I, it had always been a mystery to me as a kid, because, like, as a kid, I don't remember how, but I, I figured out, like, a little bit about HTML, and I would, like, make web pages. But I didn't know how to get them on the internet. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even know enough to go like, I need to have a server where this page sits, just like it's sitting on my computer right now. I need to have a server somewhere that people can access through like this URL. Like I didn't even know that much. I don't even think I understood that much when I was like in my early 20s and like read that book and was trying to figure it out and going like, I wish I could do that. And then you, I'm assuming, applied to different places and started working at a factory. I literally took the first job that uh, came my way. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah. Well, for a while I worked at a library because that's what I did in college. And then I like got a different job at that library and it was fine. Uh, so I could kind of get away with not figuring out what I, what work I wanted to do or needed to do or whatever, because it was kind of going okay. And then at some point, I was just like, I asked my wife, like, hey, how much money do you, do I need to make? And she told me, and I went, okay. So I, like, asked a few different people that I knew if they knew anyone. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got a dollar amount. and was like, do you know of a way that I could make this much money? And uh, the first thing that came my way was, like, someone was like, well, you know this guy who, like, works at this factory and um i could ask him for you if they like need anybody and then it was really weird i worked in like earth city in this factory on night shift oh my goodness yeah my first day and they were so oh my gosh they were so like baffled by me being there because i would they would like it was so weird to them that i'd like been to college and stuff and that i wanted to be there yeah that got me like not not in trouble but like I was a little bit of a target and yeah, I tried to leave one day after the first day after like eight hours or whatever. And they're like, where are you going? I was like, uh, uh, my shift just ended. And they're like, no, it didn't. You work until like, and then they like said that I need to work three more hours. I'm like, what? Uh, they're like, yeah, we do overtime all the time. That's just how it works. Like you just do overtime. Uh, the non-optional overtime. Let you know if we're running out of money. Oh, that's, that's awful. It was weird. Yeah, so I was doing that. I did that for like a year. Uh I was on and off the I was on and off the night shift. I almost got fired because people were <sighs> Yeah, I don't feel bad about saying it now. They were lying about so much stuff and eventually I I kind of quietly tried to go up the chain of command and like be really nice about it and be like, "Hey, you know, like not blame anybody." Or, like, say, this person's doing blah, 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 blah. But I would just try to, like, quietly raise my concern about, you know, X or Y process. And then, um, and how, you know, I wasn't, I was having trouble. Uh, anyway, without placing blame on any particular person, I tried to, like, go up the chain of command with it. And then eventually someone, like, got really irritated with me. But, like, you don't screw around because we were... You're, you're packaging like over-the-counter drugs mm. but like you do the wrong thing there like they almost got shut down a few different times Whoops. 
Yeah, and it would be over like stupid, stupid things. Like my job and everyone else that I worked with, their job was like quality control. So you don't get to make stupid mistakes. Yeah, there's no just, room like, for error whatsoever with that stuff. Yeah, but people would just like not inspect stuff and sign paperwork for things oh, no. that they didn't actually look at. And it's like, wait a minute, that is the thing that like I just got told we cannot do and almost got to shut down like a few months ago. I wish I could let that slide. I mean, I let I would let things like that slide. And then anyway, the wrong person figured out that I like wasn't just going to comply with everything and put me on a performance improvement plan. And oh, no, I almost got fired. And then uh, I can't remember how I didn't. And then I was friends with a guy, Jacob White, who grew up on in like the same neighborhood. And I was just talking to him one day and he's like, we just had a position open up at our place. Like, I wonder, I wonder if that could work. And I applied to that. And then, well, yeah, that worked out. The rest is history. Yeah, the rest is history. So how long have you mm-hmm. been on Calaris then? Um, like three and a half years, I think. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, yeah, it's good I thought it was good to get away from this, like, I wouldn't say toxic environment, but like, I concerns. Would. <laughs> you were that, you were the guy who who wasn't just gonna f- fall in like in line and be uniform, and that's okay. Yeah. That's that's acceptable at some places, but like like that. Right. But like, oh, this guy's making a ruckus. This guy's just not being a yes man. We need to get yeah. rid of him. Yeah, I mean, pretty much anything other than that is like. I remember like my first week. I was so thrilled. I just couldn't understand why anyone wasn't just like super happy all the time and if anyone complained about about work i would just be like i can't fuck i don't get it like this is amazing this is is incredible i think it was also like one of the first times that i was around like not at school where i was just like around people relatively close to my age again didn't go to school like relatively close to my age consistently and like developing relationships over a long period of time yeah so I've always been pretty, uh, even at like difficult times or whatever over the past few years, whether that's like at work or elsewhere, even at like the worst of times, it's always been like the happiest I've ever been. That's awesome. I feel like ever, anyone, yeah. everyone should be. It's a motto that I've started believing by ever since working mm-hmm. at Claris, even before joining the web team, being on, as they call it, core retail, like backend Java yeah. team. You know, I'm like, this This place is great. It's like, you shouldn't be miserable getting up in the morning. You shouldn't be like... And I mean, I'm not saying you can't have a bad day. You're going to have a bad day yeah. that happens. But I'm not saying, like, yeah. you shouldn't be every day, oh, i got to go to work. Oh, it's, I can't wait till it's 4 o'clock or whenever you get off work. Like, you shouldn't be like that. Like, I know a couple people who are like that. And it's like, obviously, yeah. like, you can't just be like, well, I quit. Or you need to have, like, a salary and, you know, live and, like... pay bills and stuff but like if you're unhappy with the place you're at like start asking around start looking around like do that yep like at the last place i was and i've said this before the last place i worked i was unhappy like i had a team leader who was very just rude and wasn't really helpful like he was supposed to be like a mentor because like i was still like i'm a junior developer it's like i need someone to like help me from time to time yeah and he was not that's a whole story i can talk on and on about but (laughs) <laughs> not today 
Um, and it I was just unhappy. It's like I'm I'm tired of I'm tired of like doing this type of work. I'll, let me find elsewhere. And I just started just like looking on my own and found a Claris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely, it's like everyone should find their Claris or find whatever. Find your Claris. Find your Claris. That's my TED talk. Thanks for calling. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I've got one more thing, and then we can like, wrap this up here. Is you said you were you reading like initially you're reading all these like managerial like books about mm-hmm. like the corporate culture and like developers and stuff. Do you ever see yourself being a manager down the road? I almost think it's inevitable. I like people too much. And I have like I don't think I also like being by myself and just like working and working and working. But there's something about my attention span that like like when we were talking about types of people and types of drawing and stuff like the people who tend to be web developers in my experience at least of the people that i know tend to be mostly that like second type those people who really like to like construct things and they like they love complexity and like making things big and complex and stuff Mm -hmm. and they can just kind of get like they can just like get lost in it and that's that's great for some reason that person tends to do really well as a web developer and that's like the opposite of me so i don't know i I feel like there's a clock ticking on my time as a person who like sits at a desk and just like taps keys and builds stuff not because i'm like better than that because i don't think i'm better than that i think it's it's like a a super noble profession it just seems to be the not the way i don't know that that's i don't know i could see myself as a manager (laughs) to answer your question that's fair because people are computers too i like working with people the same way that i like working with software and hardware you know a good way to put it yeah and i had someone ask me that once i think it was like a uncle or family member whatever like would you ever see yourself being a manager i'm like i was honest i was like no there are there's something about like obviously you need to climb the ladder like you need to like probably should Mm -hmm. but if you're at a point where it's like you're reaching like senior developer or whatever and you have like higher management try to like say you should be a manager and it's like say no it's like i feel like people get rep not reprimanded but like like oh mm-hmm. you don't want to be a manager it's like no i feel like there are people who who can be managers and should be managers and there are people who are yeah. not and just want to be sure. like you know what i just want to like code the rest of my life i don't want to manage people and yeah i'm definitely at least for now one of those people are like i don't really that potential is still like years down the road but it's like i don't you know, maybe with maturity it'll change, but like right now it's like, nah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I just totally I feel fair. like it stresses me out. And I don't need that stress in my life. Yeah. And then I think it's also changed a lot in the past, like even just like the past 10, 20 years. It's, it's like totally legitimate to just be like, no, I want to be a senior developer for, for the rest of my career or whatever, you know? Absolutely. And, and things change fast enough that it's like, I don't know. You, you can always learn people will always need someone who's really really good at just learning new stuff um you'll always have a job as a senior developer maybe probably hopefully yeah (laughs) so there's that 
Absolutely. That was a good talk. Honestly, awesome. Was, like, I don't know. I felt like I learned I some stuff it. and like more about you and just more about like different concepts of stuff. I don't know. Yeah. It was, it was Sweet. great. Learned about art a little bit. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. your, your origin story. That sounds really corny. Oh, but... gosh. I, yeah. I, I uh, saw the bat, went into the cave. Oh. Okay. No. Uh, made some paintings. Nice. Batman origin. He, like the, the bat flies into his, uh, like the library or whatever. And he like follows it and it, it like flies into the bookshelf. And that's how he finds the cave. I'm not following you, but okay. Okay. Sorry. There's uh, a lot of, <laughs> a few, at least a few different versions of the Batman origin story. A bat breaks through the window in Wayne Manor. And it like finds this like crevice and finds its way into the bat cave huh. and he followed and that's how he like finds the bat cave and finds his his true identity. Cool. Anyway. <laughs> that's Well so, so now you know a little bit more Now I know Batman about Batman story too. There you go. Yeah. Art managers and Batman. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Name of the podcast. Thank you, David, for Potting with me or whatever they call it, podcasting, potting. Yeah, that's yeah, man, casting the pods. Sure, I. Thanks for having me. I appreciate. It. I hope you uh, come back again. Absolutely. All right. Well, adios, guys.